<laughs> so good. And we are officially live. So today on Lifestyle Medicine, I've got my brother here, David Beaudry. And David, you go by Evolutionary Cross Trainer is your sort of like official technical title, but you do medical qigong, you do a bunch of different things, I know. But is that accurate? Yes, you know, I've been playing with it now. I've been, I've been playing with a spiritual strength coach. Ah, nice. Kind I like of using the physical, you know, and all the spiritual principles. So I feel like that is now a more succinct version of what I do. Yeah. Spiritual strength training coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that, man. And it, it definitely fits. I mean, given what <laughs> I know about you. And to give the listeners context, I met David back in, God, man, was that, what year did we meet? Was that 2011? I think 10? 2010. 10. Okay. So we're coming up on 10. 9 or 10. 2009 or 10. Okay. So we're coming up on, on 10 years, which is pretty cool. Wow. Um, I met David while he was in the medical Qigong program that was in Pacific Grove. Is that where it was at the time? Yes. Yes. Okay. I was in uh, Santa Cruz, California for my acupuncture degree. David here was doing the medical Qigong program under Jerry Allen Johnson. And then I was doing the um, master's program at Five Branches. And our mutual friend Kai is how we initially met cross paths and found a lot of passions in terms of health, wellness, Qigong, <laughs> martial arts, everything under the sun. But, um, you know, David, why don't we start with um, how you got into Qigong and how you got into kind of the mind-body arts, because I think that's always a good place to start. Yeah. You know, um, I can remember it so distinctly. It was 2006. Uh, I just graduated from college, and uh, I was, you know, I played football for 10 years. I was a running back, and I often say that was my first spirituality, you know, for <laughs> since I was nine years old, you know, I, I played football, and um, so... Um, there was something inside of me as a kid that was always like yearning for closeness with God, I could say, you know, and, and having moved around a lot. And that was like my traumas. You know, we've all had our traumas as kids, but kind of being being moved around. I, I learned that I couldn't rely on um, the outside world for a sense of safety, mm -hmm. you know, and, and when I had to make new friends, I was like, you know, so. Uh, essentially, but I found I found peace in my body when I would be in nature, when I would climb, and I would, and then I found that I was pretty good at sports. Mm -hmm. So, even being a very shy, intuitive, empathic kid who totally absorbed my father's depression and just all his stuff, you know, and and I didn't know what was going on. I was like, why do I feel miserable? Like I want to leave this world, you know. Part yeah. of that was me, but a lot of it was actually my dad. Yeah. Um, so I found a refuge in athletics. I found a refuge in sports where I could build confidence and trust in myself, um, and, and, you know, find outlets for this, for my emotions. Um, so then kind of fast forward into college, you know, uh, played football and I studied psychology and I was like, I'm here to transform my consciousness. I'm here to awaken. And at that time in college, I began to study Buddhism and Taoism and Hinduism and all the Eastern philosophies. And man, it all just clicked in, you know, something, yeah. I can feel it now in this moment, you know, being in the libraries, reading, <laughs> like, uh, you know, these, these different journals and, and I, and I would like, I would get this download and then I would fall asleep at the library. Just, you know, like, you yeah. know, I'm sure you've experienced that when you read oh, yeah. something that totally rocks you, we're like, Oh, nap time. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. It's a little too much for the system. <laughs> so, you know, I was having all these awakenings in college and I was like, what's next? You know, so I graduated and, and I was just praying hard, man, you know, um, 
and, and when I say prayer, it was just like communing with God, you know, through 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 um, through many through many ways, you know, but primarily um, using my body, you know, really using my like like how do I how do I use this vehicle well? And then Qigong came along, and um, I was reading the magazine. What is enlightenment? What is enlightenment? Which no longer is in publication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, I saw this article for a four day. Qi, it was called Qigong Healing and Miracle Making for four days. And I was like, Qi, what? What the <laughs> hell? Four days? And something drew me to this, you know, which yeah. is the Supreme Science Qigong. Uh, you know, I think it's called Qi Revolution now. Um, and it's how I met a lot of amazing Jedis, you know, and I'm so grateful for that foundation. And um, and it was only $70, bro. $70, you know? I was like, all right, I, I got I, I, investment in myself other than college i was like all right i'm doing it (laughs) yeah i gotta check this out right so anyway you know and i'll tell you what man like there was something so powerful about being there on that first day and um doing breath work that was the first time i really did some powerful breath work and i was like whoa like you know i felt the connection to like my ancient self i felt connection to my soul essence that was has always been there but it was like i didn't have direct access to it in my body you know, yeah. It was like I would read about it and I would feel really like these sublime thoughts, you know. Yeah. But uh, something about that book really activated my soul in this warrior, this kind of like warrior of light, this 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 something activated in my heart. And I was like, okay, God, like show me the way. If I'm supposed to do this, show me the way. Like, you know, and, and it was uh, the first time I would say I felt an intimate connection with God, like very intimate, like, like, and I could cultivate this real relationship with the divine, with energy, with nature that I, I couldn't find any other way. Mm-hmm. And the, when you talk about that, you know, that, um, the breathing exercise, you know, in that first sort of connection where there's a palpable sensation of something very real happening inside your body. I think people hear that and I was one of these people because I, I I know this. I hear that, and when I used to hear that, I thought like, well, that's that's cool in theory. That sounds like deep breathing, and you got very relaxed. But I think people usually don't have the context of to to what that actually feels like when they actually get breath enlivened and it's fired up inside of you. And I I would love to hear your first kind of your experience uh, about what that was like the first time you did it, because. Um, you know, very briefly, just to, to share with the, the people listening and, and with David, the first time I had an experience with breathing like that, where um, I think it's like the first time you practice a systemized breathing that's designed to enliven, quote unquote, energy in your body. It sounds like woo woo, new age bullshit to a degree. When you hear that, you're like, okay, yeah, we're going to enliven something. But when it happens, there's a vibration, right? There seems to be, I remember the first time it happened to me, I remember thinking there were, it felt like uh, the best way I can describe it is a bunch of bumblebees right under the surface of my skin. And it was, it vibrated, you know, just that zzz. Mm. And I remember thinking, what is this sensation? This is odd. You know, like, why is it that breathing mm. has made my skin hum? You know, that, that was sort of the place yeah. where I was. I thought, why? This doesn't, this is unlike a sensation I've ever felt. And I've done lots of breathing and I've played rugby. I played some football. I did track and field. I've lifted weights. I've had my wind pushed a bunch of different times, but doing this was very different. 
-hmm. And then I encountered that same kind of vibrational feeling in other, um, you know, styles of work and, and health and wellness and stuff. But I would love to hear, yeah, what was your first go round with that kind of breathing where you thought, yeah. holy shit, I'm onto something here. <laughs> yeah. So that first experience we were laying down, um, and the, um, the practice is very simple, right? You lay down and basically you breathe with uh, a lot of power into your chest. And now 12 years later, looking back, feeling that enlivening, I was like, wow, because I'm not running, because I'm not, I'm not, the energy to run my body is not being utilized. All this energy is going straight to my lungs and my blood, mm -hmm. you know? And like, of course, this, I had no idea any of this was happening at the time. Sure. I, I was breathing and I felt like, uh, they call it tetany, you know, where mm -hmm. like the, 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 the nose and the mouth and the hands start to curl up a little bit. Um, and essentially now what, what, what occurred was this feeling of electricity I would call it felt a little more like electricity kind of in my, in my, in my being. Mm -hmm. And like, I felt free of my physical body of like aches or pains on some level, but I also felt very like deeply connected in my body at the same time. Yeah. It was a very interesting paradoxical experience. Yeah. Like, like the Tao would say, you know, it's like, um, right. So that experience, and then, you know, it was about 30 minutes. So, you know, imagine doing 30 minutes of any kind of workout as hard as you can. Mm -hmm. you know? But then imagine that you're saving that chi. And instead of that chi going to fuel your muscles and fuel your activity, it's just fueling your blood and your channels and your vagus nerve and all of these. You know, now all the science is backing it up. Yep. Uh, wow, I'm, I'm seeing visions, like visions of... of of past life or visions of you know and th at this time i didn't believe in any of those things yeah you know but now 12 years later i'm like oh yes like i can see these and feel the 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 essence of these spiritual traditions that talk about reincarnation and talk about our life as a soul and and our our, our earth being a schoolhouse for the soul you know mm -hmm. so i had these revelations that I, I didn't have any context i didn't know who to share with i didn't know what to do. i was just like that sure. shit was Oh. <laughs> like warrior of light and i knew i need to share this <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. you know and right. then the science would come in far later you know maybe four or five years later when i first started training with wim hof yeah um, and then some of the clarity started to come in about it you know mm -hmm. well and i think people like wim hof have really in a sense they've legitimized breathing practices and they've legitimized, I mean, they've done his work and, and his breathing method. I mean, Stanford has been studying <clears throat> Wim Hof's method and they, they found that his breathing method upregulate, upregulates the immune system. So they've got like hard science from real institutions doing work around breathing and like what actually happens. And I think the experience of that breathing is very different than just the, the data that you read. Pe yes. People read about Wim Hof and they say, wow, well, this breathing thing is uh, powerful and it does something for you. But the experience is, I mean, really something that needs to be felt because I think that's where the disconnect is. People, I mean, a lot of people that I work with that I, I walk through breathing of some kind, they say, well, I know how to breathe. I breathe every day. And I've the analogy I've kind of started to use with people, that's like saying, Outside of, you know, a skillet, a spatula, what else is there to cooking? And I, that's the way I try to frame it for people is saying like, there's a lot more to breathing than just 
inhaling and exhaling at, yeah. at the at the you know autonomic level where it's just what yeah, our body's I, doing when you take control of it and start doing something you can cook an amazing meal you know you can do something really powerful with that so after you have your your breath empowerment uh, and you do this breathing experience you know when did you make the leap to go from okay here's an amazing experience that i had what was what transpired after that to get you into the work you're doing now where you're teaching medical qigong programs which i teach at now you know and then, know. and the stuff you're doing so like how did you go from lots of people have an experience lots of people do and then it's like that's cool and i might put that on my belt and kind of take it with yeah. me but to to fully dive into it as a life path is different yeah you know that is a great question i would say that I took it one step at a time, and, and when I first went out to study and train um, with um, the Supreme Science Qigong Foundation, there was something very special about all of the unique souls that I met. So there was 100 people, and there was something, something very powerful there. I was like, well, I've never met people so dedicated to awakening or healing. Mm -hmm. So it was my first taste of that. So I was like, I'm just going to keep cultivating these relationships. You know, I'm going to keep training and just keep going down this road. And after about a, two years of training in that system, and then um, I started teaching certifications um, all over the country, um, which, you know, and my dream was to travel and teach enlightenment. When I was in college, I remember writing that down my senior year. I was like, I want to travel and teach enlightenment. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is it. I'm, I'm teaching through the mechanism of Qigong, through breath and movement. Um, and so I felt really, um, you know, I guess lucky or, or blessed to have that opportunity. And then shortly after those two years, I was like, all right, God, like I'm ready for like a master. I'm ready to train with a master, like yeah. open the way, you know, like, yep. and I was praying hard for months. And I remember I decided to do this Gayatri mantra. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of that or how familiar you or your people are with mantras. No. Um, in, in the last 12 years of my life, doing mantra practice has been one of the most powerful and rewarding spiritual practices ever. Um, and, and doing these sound vibrations, which are ancient, you know, these, these languages of light, sometimes we call them, right? Um, this Gayatri mantra is called the Enlightenment mantra, and it takes like 45 minutes to do 108, mm -hmm. which when you do a mala practice, it's like typically you do like 108 of some, some uh, saying, you know? Uh -huh. So I'm doing this mantra, and I happened to be in 2009 going to a Qigong conference, and I remember singing this mantra in the car. <laughs> called, I, I'm going to get this in today, God dang it! Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing it in the car, and my, my my Qigong sister, her name is Jade, and we're driving over there. And I was like, "Hey, can you drive so I can do my chanting?" Because I start to, you know, get other, worlds start to open up. When I right, like, right. I don't want to be driving. So anyhow, and then. I meet my first Qigong teacher, uh, Master Peter Andreas, who at the time he was he won the Qigong Sportsman of the Year in 2009, and trained with Tiger Woods' father, and you know was 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 teaching these very simple and powerful and Qigong secrets to to professional athletes. Um, and he comes up to me, he looks me straight dead in the eye, and he's like, "I know you." I was like, "Huh?" He's like, "You've mastered the martial arts. You're here to heal." He was like, I'm a psychic. And, and then he just described all of it. He's like, you remind me of Shaolin. And I, he, and I was just like, and I, I could feel this heat in my head happening. And I was like, I don't know what's happening, but this is very real. 
And, um, and then throughout that weekend, he kind of felt like an older brother or an uncle. He's like, Hey, you know, like, yeah. How, he would call me baby Shaolin. He's like, Hey, baby Shaolin, baby Shaolin. How you doing today, man? It's, it's good to see you on the beginning of your journey in this life. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, man. And I was like, he's like, I can already see it laid out for you. I was like, well, help me find, find somebody to train with, you know, I was like, who should I train with? You know? And he says, study with Dr. Jerry Allen Johnson or somebody who he has trained because he's the Michael Jordan of Qigong. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's well known. And he's, he, and I was like, okay. So I looked him up and found him online and he was coming out of retirement mm-hmm. to teach his daughter. And I was like, I was like, well, this must, this is a pretty good sign. He's coming out of retirement right now in this moment. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, and then, and then I decided to join the program. Um, and then that, what I realized was I wasn't searching to be a medical Qigong practitioner or master or teacher or any of these things. I just knew I needed to do it for my own development. Yeah. I went in. So everything I've ever done, it was like, I need to do this for my own development. Yeah. I need to master these practices for my own development, my own experience, and we'll see what comes of it. Yep. You know, so that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, um, well, I can, I can relate to a lot of what you're saying too. And Chinese medicine, very similar for me. You know, when I came into it, I thought I wasn't going in explicitly to be an acupuncturist. I was sort of going in to become an artist. I wanted to learn a healing modality and then express that mm-hmm. stuff through, you know, my artistic mediums. But I completely resonate with what you're saying because I think that's that is how a lot of it starts. And when we start dialoguing with the arts and you start going down these roads, invariably, I mean they end up changing you and then you you end up I don't want to say you adapt or innovate, but you're going to have to let them come through you at some, you know, mm-hmm. at some point. So you kind of take the foundational knowledge and then you do with it what you will. And you've got um you know, this is a nice little segue into your medical Qigong program that you've got going. I mean, you're in your, this is your second year? Is yes. That's right. So uh, just to give context, I mean, you, and you can flush this out, David, but David started a medical Qigong program, like a medical Qigong certification program. It's how many hours total? 200 hours. 200 hours. And David walks them through, God, content curriculum theory, application, the whole mm-hmm. bit. Um, he has retreats. Um twice a year that I'm attending as sort of like faculty where I teach uh, yes. <laughs> some Chinese medicine theory to his groups. So why don't you talk about that a little bit, lay out what that's looking like and what you've seen. Cause that's a pretty cool little thing you got going. Yeah. Thanks man. You know, um, it, it's a dream come true, you know, and I feel like when I, re- when I let go of the resistance to responsibility of like for a long time, I was like, I don't want the responsibility, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, the, yeah. the, the, I'm just a humble servant. Yeah. You know? Then God just kicked me in the ass one day. It was like, "Hey, just start giving. Just give. You know, share what you know." Um, so being in year two now, the last two years we've had uh, about twelve students, um, and this year, in the second year, we're actually international now. We have two students, one from Sweden and one from um, Brussels. That's cool. Which is like super exciting. That's great. Um, and uh, you know, I would say, you know, what can I kind of say about it? You know, I can. There's so many. Uh, uh, ways I can. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, a lot of different directions. You know, I guess for you know, kind of for your listeners, you know, like um, next year is the third year, the year, the year three, and what I feel like my purpose is, what my gift is on this planet, 
is to help those who feel they have a big purpose and you're you know you're already empathic or you're mm-hmm. sensitive or you're you know you have healing skills and abilities and you don't know what to do you know you don't know how to cultivate these these areas of your life and how to translate that into your daily life or how to translate that into your work you know so i work with coaches or massage therapists or you know acupuncturists um, people who have never done medical qigong before right you know and they're seeing one of my students came from my trx class which that's is a, a, yeah, that's a, great a fitness class you know and to see her life and her family and everything transform from it um was was you know just you know brings brings you know sometimes tears to my eyes I'm like wow I'm, I'm doing it you know whether it's 12 people or a million people it doesn't matter you know so um i feel like the uh, this this program is is an opportunity to gather with with some Jedi's, you know, like to, like and, and I know it's so so funny because when when we were together this last time in Shasta, you know, uh, I I use that word and I use it sparingly actually. I use it in the right at the right yeah, time. Sure. And one of my students uh, was like, "Bro, you know, I, I knew this stuff was powerful as we were training online, but coming here in person at the retreat." You weren't fucking kidding, man. Yeah. <laughs> Real Jedi training, like this is no joke, you know. Um, so, so you know, if you if you're if you're looking to, to cultivate yourself, you yeah. know, in time tested traditions, you know, from Tibet, from China, um, you know, we we pull from um, not we pull, um, we tune into ancestor work from some of the African tribes, you know, mm-hmm. that you you're with with uh, Alex Kugler, yep, um, which feels like a whole other opening. Um, and I, I would say that one of the most powerful things we can do as humans is to do that work of, uh, of, of, of honoring our ancestors and forgiving our ancestors and yeah. learning that there's so much gifts that they want to give us, but and we can't do it alone, you know. So that's a big part woven into the medical treatment program as well, mm-hmm. um, is understanding the body as a vehicle for awakening. And we, we clear trauma through the sound, through the movements through the dialogue, you know, I call it energetic psychology. So we begin to understand the psychology behind these patterns that are showing up in our life. Like, oh, wow, I have a fire deficiency. Oh, my solar plexus, my heart, I feel kind of these issues going on physically or my digestion is not right. Oh, and also I don't have a healthy relationship with my ego. Yeah. Oh, and I noticed the psychology that goes into that, some of the self-deprecating, some of the too much inner critic, you know. So then we can map it out and we – we're not just doing movements because they feel good and it lowers our heart rate and now we feel better. Mm-hmm. But we to kind of un, unravel the the masks that we're, we're creating in our life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, live from a more authentic place. Well, I've got some ideas that I, I mean, I, so thank you for all of that because that gives a really nice context to, to what you're doing. And for the people listening, when we're talking about Qigong for the people because I have listeners that listen to this stuff and they're like, what is Qigong? They don't know. Qigong is, you know, the ancient healing system that comes out of Asia and there's various systems of Qigong. There's lots of different types, but it's sort of the sister arts, um, the health cultivating aspect of what they call the internal martial arts. And so when David is talking about medical Qigong, there is a context here that I think is probably relevant to give. And that is when we talk about medical Qigong, there's also, there's an application where you're essentially treating people and you are not only just, um, you know, it's not like, okay, so we're back. So people listening that are <laughs> on iTunes and YouTube, it's the first time our call, my call has ever been dropped on the podcast, but we lost connection. So we're having to start again. So that being said, 
sorry for the splice in audio and video, but what were what I was talking about and what I was giving context to is what David does in the context of medical qigong. So what we're looking at when we talk about medical qigong is essentially, and David, I'm going to have you flush this out even more, but with medical qigong, you can actually essentially give treatments to people, which is slightly different than the cultivation of qigong um, in its other forms, because people can practice qigong as, as a style of movement and health cultivation for themselves. But medical qigong actually bridges the, the worlds a little bit in terms of you therapeutically applying these principles to someone else's body and doing those kinds of things. And a lot of it has to do with non-physical contact. I know you guys do create physical contact, but then there's also um, non-physical contact and you know how that, how that applies to what we call the human energetic system. So I'm going to have David explain this, but I just want to give the context to the listeners. When we talk about bioelectricity, when we talk about the body, these are ideas that I think we should really be considering nowadays, especially because... We know that the body does produce bioelectricity. We know that the, our body is 70 to 80% water. Central nervous system is full of electrical impulses. We are a you know bioelectric system. The human heart has an electromagnetic field, which HeartMath has proven and established. So we have energy coming out of our body. And even if it sounds like new age fluff, I think it's always a thing as Americans, since we're not trained to think about it, is to be open-minded to these ideas, to be have your brain and your mind and your spirit orienting to the possibility that maybe thousands of years ago, these ancient traditions were hip to these subtler energies and they learned how to augment them, you know, and how to um, ways through breathing, through toning, how to exemplify those energies and make them stronger inside the body. And that's, you know, at the crux of what I know you do, David. So if there's anything you'd like to add to that in terms of medical Qigong and, you know, the energy outside the body and, you know, people not touching one another, because some people might be like, well, that sounds strange, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, um, the way I would, first I was, you know, like, like there's three, you know, there's thousands of Qigongs, but I think it's good for you, those of you who are listening to understand it really breaks down to three Qigong categories. You got spiritual qigong, which is the aim is you know enlightenment or a, a, a higher consciousness, right? Which is really fundamental for me and all that I work. It's like how can I become a more awake, present being? Then you have martial qigong, which is you know developing internal strength and how to project energy and kind of read the subtleties you know from your opponent and and those types of things. Um, but it's a lot of you know um, uh, internal focus on on uh, on power and creating energy through that. So medical qigong, which is, would be the third branch, and of course all these interweave, you know, is for me, if I were to sum it, it would be to get to the root of dis-ease. Dis-ease meaning there's a lack of flow, right? We get sick because our blood and our energy isn't flowing appropriately, right? There's a stagnation, there's a blockage. And oftentimes what Western medicine does is it looks at the symptom and just covers up the symptom. It doesn't get to the root why this problem was created in the first place. Mm-hmm. So Chinese medicine then looks at the natural environment. You know, what are you eating? What are you consuming? The the toxins. It looks at your emotional life. You know, it looks at your family trauma or history, your childhood. Um, and then, you know, we even go into uh, into past lives because we can carry um, patterns from, you know, any time and space dimension, you know, without getting um, – um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I guess to, to ground it is like our body holds memory, period. Our yeah. body, our fascia, holds cellular memory. 
And some of that memory is divine intelligence and gifts, you know, like each one of you listening to this has a unique gift and skill set that only you are here to bring, you know. And what gets in the way of us bringing through that beauty and that magic is oftentimes some kind of trauma, you know. And then that creates a belief pattern, an energetic pattern that then verifies that in our reality. So we choose partners or we choose situations that then prove to us that we're not worthy or prove to us that whatever the case may be. Yep. So how do we unravel those stories and those patterns, not only from a psychological perspective, which is, you know, um, um, that field of psychology is, 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 is important, but without somatics, meaning without understanding of our body and our feeling sensitivities, yep. there's only so much you can talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, only so much you can talk about. At the end of the day, you have to actually experience it which is why the yoga, the qigong, the breath work, the toning, the um, these they get us into our primal nature, you know. And, and I would say that on the spiritual path, I've seen far too many spiritual, whether it's new age or even if it's if it's not new age, is, is spiritual traditions that deny the body. Yeah, uh, is 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 a big thing to look at because if we deny the body, then then we put our, um, then we're disconnected. You know, how can I be more alive and not spiritually bypassed? Because I know that's a big thing now. People studying spirituality, there's so much out there. Yeah. You know, so the, the spirituality I'm drawn to are the ones that are earth based, that are connected to the body, connected to the grit and yeah. the grind, and not and not sidestepping um, the shadow work. I would say, you know. Yeah. But if we don't feel our body, then it's hard to do that, and it's easy to just escape in spiritual practice you know, or in mental masturbation, mm-hmm. you know, or, or finding outlets that aren't healthy because we don't want to be in our body, you know. Agreed. And I feel like what's really elegant about these systems, about Chinese medicine and these traditions is that they are so dynamically integrated with the body. There's so much that is <laughs> available in terms of the menu of what you can do to, <laughs> you know, tran- to, uh, to transform the bullshit that we carry. And when David, I really, you know, I like what you're saying. And I think it's an idea worth touching on for a minute. When David is talking about past lives, he's talking about cellular memory. The West just calls that genetics. What we get from our ancestors that passes down that, you know, that, that like predisposes us to cancer, that predisposes us to heart disease and predisposes us to gifts. You know, I, I came in with artistic talent and I got it from my parents my mom is a you know a gifted painter. My mm. dad was an amazing colorist. My mom could draw really well and had good composition. My dad had tremendous color sense. And mm. as a result, I got some of that. And I got a blend of it. You know, I got a hybrid vigor of sorts that came in and I think people we overthink it and I think you know the east and west are saying things nowadays and we're hearing two different things. People hear, "Oh, it's just new age spiritual bullshit." And then there's hard science. And in the end, they're starting, like you said, they're starting to kind of bridge. They're starting to cross over. And I think when we talk about these things, when people shut down to the idea of past lives or cellular memory, it's like, think about genetics. Think about what that actually means and how we can turn on or off genes with the whole study of epigenetics, right? Diet, environment, lifestyle, emotions, all those things activate or turn off genes. So to play with these ideas, I think in the context of medical Qigong is beautiful because they are an artistic rendition of these ideas. You know, that mm-hmm. the West is very scientific and very analytical about what we're doing. And 
the Chinese approached it from a more artistic perspective, which I think is what speaks to you a lot. And there's a lot of beauty in it. And same with me. I like the artistic rendition of thinking of these things and exploring them. I think it has real actual weight. And that's why when you asked me to teach for your people, you know, on these every semester, I thought, oh, hell yeah. Like, let's get in on this and talk about grounded yeah. Chinese medical theory. You know, it's so yeah. cool. Well, David, what do you, what have you seen? Uh, you've had a lot of people go through your program and I've had some of your, your students on my podcast, you know, which has been yes. cool. I've gotten them on there. Um, what, what have you seen in terms of, I know it's different for everybody, but in the big picture, people that come through the medical Qigong program that you're doing, or mm -hmm. that are interfacing with medical Qigong, whether they're becoming practitioners or just adding it to the repertoire of stuff. Are there any common threads in terms of what you see in the people as they go through? Do you mean like what I see in them originally, like what's drawn to them or do you, or what's the theme I'm seeing? Like what kind of transformations am I seeing? More transformation. Like as they go through, what are, what shifts or changes are you seeing? Because I think that's always a good place to start from in terms of people that want to buy into programs right, or, or that go down these roads are like, well, what, what happens, you know, what, or what are some of the things that can happen? And so I would love to hear, you know, if there's any common threads between uh, your students in terms of experience. Definitely. Um, my, my whole body is activated right now. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I love it. Like the more I study, it's like our body is a, is, is a tuning fork yeah. and it recognizes yeah. truth or falsehood, you know? Yep. And, uh, you know, as I was thinking about your, your, your podcast today, I'm just going on a side tangent here for a moment. Yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, like there's so many amazing books I want to read and that I want to like recommend, you know, and for those, <laughs> I think you have this, you know, book, but one of the best, this book here, Dallas Nagong. Yeah. One of the simple, powerful books I've ever read. And I've read a fucking ton <laughs> of medical Qigong books. Yeah. Look thing. It's you can carry it around and it doesn't, you know, doesn't weigh five pounds. <laughs> and who's, who's the author for the people that are just oh, listening? Yeah. For those listening, it's Damo Mitchell. Damo Mitchell. I, I think he's based in England actually. Okay. Uh, but it just, just great stuff on the, on the, the mechanics of a physical body and then beginning to discuss, you know, the five virtues. Mm -hmm. So kind of, you know, segueing from this. So if you guys are new to Qigong and you want an amazing book, Damo Mitchell, I would, you know, him or Dr. Yang Jwingming. Yeah. Um, and his, his work has been seminal in my understandings. And um, I'm actually the this next eight week spiritual warriorship that I'm launching is going to have us reading um, Dr. Young's, uh, Qigong, Secret of Youth, Damo's Muscle Tendon Changing Classic. Yeah, beautiful. Fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so that, enough, of that, enough of that. I get all geeked out. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm with you. <laughs> so the transformation, what I've observed um, across the board is like a feeling of connection to their life purpose. Mm. You know, like real connection to meaning in their life um, and that they have the skills to remember how to tap into that that soul purpose you know it's like if one if there's one thing i see missing in this world is people who are lost you know and if we don't have a true north we don't know how to connect to our heart and our soul on a regular basis you know sometimes i call it energetic hygiene mm -hmm. just like you brush your teeth twice a day just like you shower at least every two or three days yeah if you don't have a spiritual practice where you're cleansing your mind and clearing the stress hormones then you're just screwed and your life is just kicking your ass. And yeah. th those lucky ones who make it out, you know, um, 
they often have some sort of innate skill of, or practice that helps it. You know, like I think the great, I'm like the ones who were great, they had this connection to that, that life force. They had that connection to something deeper and meaningful in their lives. Right. You know, um, so with that being said, the people, the transformations, I mean, I've seen people, um, go through, like make those hard decisions, you know, like breaking up with a partner or getting out of a marriage or quitting a job. Right. Finally opening up that business, like, like putting themselves out there because they have the courage to finally be with like, I'm here and this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm no longer going to, um, put off my calling and stay in a relationship that isn't serving or stay in a, in a, in a workplace environment that is degrading to my, my, my being, you know, and if we all live from that place of centeredness, then the world changes quite magically and quickly, Yeah, you know, because we're saying no to that, which isn't aligned. And, and, um, you know, what I say is, is once you learn these skills or practices, no matter what area of life you want to improve on, you will see a massive change, whether it's in your relationships, yeah. you know, or your work or your money. Like, like there's so many people who come in with some money issues and it's like, Oh, Here's the block, first, second chakra, fear, trust, lack of safety. Yeah. How do we go back to the root? How do we heal it and feel okay in our body, you know? Um, so I feel like no matter where you are at in your life, if you want to up-level in some area, mm-hmm. these internal practices, and you discover for yourself, oh, here's here's where I need some more love and attention. Yep. And that, that ability to be a master of your own self, you know, mm-hmm. to is like what's paramount on on any path worth walking you know what's interesting about there's a lot interesting here but the as you're <laughs> as you're saying stuff i've got my mind running in like 50 different directions i'm like okay what am i gonna pick here to talk about but when you're talking about these things right and the, the transformations and the things that shift for people it's different for everybody obviously but the thing that i'm always drawn back to that I think is so powerful about this process is that the simple act of engaging your body and playing with the spectrum through movement, breathing, toning, these things that the body can do opens up a dialogue that is very abstract and sort of amazing because I remember distinctly getting into martial arts and studying Kuksul Do, my first style, and just moving dynamically and moving in ways that I had not moved before opened up a whole new way of thinking in my mind and in my body. It made me process things so differently just to be so immersed in my body. And when that happened, I thought, damn, here, here's an avenue for me to basically you know, digest a hefty portion of my reality mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't require any thinking. It just requires me to get in there and move. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, martial arts has key eye training where they vocalize, you know, that, uh, you know, we hear that in, in fighting, you know, you're the Qigong system you do. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a tone for each organ, you know, <laughs> like it goes through and you can do all of these different things. And I think that's, what's always struck me about, about these systems and doing that kind of stuff. And it puts you into dialogue with not just operating from one center. You're not just overly mental. You're not just all feeling and you're not just, pure instinct. It's a blending of the three. And that's what I like about the the three Dantian theory, you know, instinct below and security and vitality. And then you've got the heart emotional center and the chest. And then you've got that thinking mind that can do all of the logistical shit that we need to do, like pay bills and drive cars and, you know, do all that stuff. 
But I think we start to, as people, we get stuck in one of those centers, right? People are like, they're fully in the survival sex mode where they're maybe a sex addict, you know, they've got, or they're all feeling and they can't do anything with their body or they're all in their head, which is really common in the West, right? Everyone's like rattled up in their brain. And I feel like the practices in Qigong, martial arts, and, and Chinese medical systems, they seem to very elegantly sort of guide you through and orient you to, there's, you know, three primary centers that you can kind of be moving through. And if you get that, you know, earth, man, and heaven, if you get that, um, even I think at the most rudimentary level, if you get that at the most baseline level into your being, that's a game changer. People yes. immediately, regardless of your background, whether you're the truck driver, whether you're the, you know, the devout, mm-hmm. you know, Shaolin warrior, <laughs> everybody has some kind of reorientation to like, wait a minute, there's a whole new spectrum here that I didn't really know was available to me. And that's what's really cool about it, at least for me. And I mean, I know, and I see that light, that twinkle in your student's eyes when I'm talking to them and they're just like, what the fuck is this? This is crazy. <laughs> you're like what? And I'm like, I know it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what do you what do you think, man? Like, what do you make of like what do you make of this? Like, you know, people have asked me this. They're like, why, why is it that moving your body does anything? Like outside of exercise, how is this different than going on an elliptical machine? You know, yeah, I have that, my answer, a, but I would like to hear your answer. <laughs> that's a great question. You know, being uh, such a mover all my life, you know, playing sports and football, and then going to qigong and, and you know, a, a little bit of martial arts. I would say that the way we move our body is like a coding, you know? So like, are we on a, um, a linear system? So like Western movement is very linear, like yep. weightlifting down, move left and right. Uh, Qigong, martial arts, Tai Chi is circular, Yeah. you know, and it's spherical and infinity. And when I start moving my body in these circles and infinities, it opens up a world of dimension, you know? And I think in our West, we have a very linear Newtonian way of looking at things. When you look at it from a, um, you know, life like that, life is can be very dry, boring, meaningless, you know. And then when you open up to like, wow, like, what if I just change my perspective and look up at a forty-five degree angle to my right, you know, and access a part of my brain that I usually don't access, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember doing a form with you, God, probably five or six years ago, and I was doing some movement where I was looking and I was like over my shoulder and I and as I was doing this movement after me, I could hear one ear humming and the other ear was not humming. Uh. Like, oh, something is going on with this part of my brain. <laughs> messing with my you know, my uh, my cerebellum or my yeah. uh, you know, whatever this fancy term is for your inner ear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. You know, and yeah. so I'm around, yeah. you know, to people to get like like to understand like I am in a laboratory of movement. I, I work at the working body, which is a freaking unicorn of a place, meaning that like you have some of those amazing practitioners on the planet doing Pilates, yoga, um, um, uh, you know, training and something called Z Health. Mm. And the reason why I'm mentioning Z Health is it, it basically takes the framework of if I can move your eyes and your body to activate certain parts of your brain and your nervous system, then we can repattern and heal trauma. Or we can we can help an issue that we wouldn't normally be able to 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 get from getting just stronger. Yeah, you know, or from doing pers- um, physical training. You know, so people come mm-hmm. to me who have uh, physical therapy, and it's like, no, I'm not really seeing the results. 
I'm like, oh, because it's very linear. It's like, yeah. you know, and, and there's, there's a way in which when we move our body in these circles, in these new patterns, and we also come to terms with, like, is my breath synchronized with my movement? How many times are we at the gym and we're not even paying attention to our breath? At all, yeah. You know, so yeah. so I, I feel like those, those two inlays of movement in spirals and circles and spheres um, which open up new areas of our brain and the breath work, which controls like the diaphragm and the middle dantian. It's like, like now you're, now you're, now you actually have the skills to build a real fire inside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and basically we're fine tuning our nervous system like we would an instrument, mm-hmm. you know, finding those imbalances with the cords. We just need to tweak it up here a little bit and down here a little bit. Yeah. And now our, our, our whole, and you know, our body is built like a, like a tuning fork. Or two bones to one bone, you know, or yeah. in our, our, our lower leg, two bones to one bone, right. tibia, tibia, tibia. Right. So, like, we are a fucking vibrating chamber. Yeah. You know? And we move our body, in, and we are attuned to our breath. Time slows down. The flow state, you know, is the is the is the modern term. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I didn't know that I could cultivate the flow state. I just knew that I arrived there sometimes playing <laughs> right, football, right. you know, and I arrived fall, some, fall into it, right? <laughs> yeah. So I arrived there sometimes sprinting up, you know, six in the morning, sprinting heels. I was like, oh, I'm touching God. What's happening? You know? So, yeah. 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 It's like we push past those physical limits and there's something else there. Yeah. Uh, so with Qigong and, you know, Tai Chi and these, these Eastern arts, we are able to cultivate these, these neurochemicals through our breath and our movement that is just profound. It is. Absolutely. And I don't know if I've told you this. I think I have. Did, did I tell you what Yang Laosher, who is my people listening, who is um, my Tai Chi teacher in China, one of my Tai Chi, tai Chi teachers, what he said about the West and physical movement and Eastern, about the East and movement there? Did I no, tell me. Uh, I mean, Kai translated this, obviously, so it might teacher Yang Lausher does not yeah, yeah. doesn't speak English uh, so this was being translated to me but we were talking about exercise in the west and movement in the west and exercise in the east and movement in the east and he basically in chinese you know he translated this but what he said was this he said okay look at how people in the west move they move like you just said they move linear they isolate a body part like a bicep they will put it on a rack and repeatedly pump it over and over again and isolate it and make one muscle large for aesthetics and maybe for a little bit of functionality. But he says they'll just isolate their intent and their focus on this one muscle to make it larger. He said, so think about that, right? It's a kind of a mechanistic, isolated movement of the body and its tissues. And he said, now look at how the West thinks. They isolate things. They don't see it as a systemic hole. They put things into usually kind of an, uh, an isolated box, right, with science. Can you repeat it over and over and over again? Can you repeat the process over and over and over again? And is it measurable? And he's like, that's exactly the, what people do with their bodies in the West. They look at it. They isolate a body part or a muscle. They repeat a movement over and over again to see if it's measurably larger. Mm. He said, so you'll see this parallel, you know, and, and that's how Westerners, not everybody in the West exercises like that, but a lot of people, and it's usually on one plane, right? There's not always twisting and spiraling. He said, so it's sort of one dimension, one dimensional and mechanistic, he said, which is very much how Westerners think. He said, now you look at the East, 
things like Tai Chi, Qigong, like you said, David, uh, spherical in nature, circular. One of the basic tenets in Qigong and Tai Chi, right? Whole body movement. So even if the lower body looks stationary, as you twist the upper, those tissues are pulling into the roots, right? The, the lower body. He said, but, uh, but a lot of systems, right? One, if a wrist moves, the lower abdomen, the leg and the feet pivot and move with it. He said, so it's a whole body systemic movement process. And he says, and wouldn't you know it, <laughs> the East, that's how they think. It's holistic. It's systemic. All organs connect to other systems. It's, it's this integrated mesh hodgepodge of everything moving together. He said, so this, you know, the basic point was, he says, look, how you move your body dictates how you think and navigate life. Like it's straight up. And I just sat there essentially saying, holy shit, that is <laughs> so accurate. That's so, that's probably one of the best descriptions I've ever heard in terms of why it's important to understand that how we move our body can change how we operate in life. If you, if you move your body differently and intelligently and dynamically and you pay attention to these other rhythms, it really does change. I mean, this is your flesh suit, right? You can't get away from this thing. We're all stuck in one. So if you yeah. know how to move it well, it's like it would follow suit that the ride's going to change a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because our senses are more more attuned. Yeah, right. 100%. Using our, we're refining our ability to use our body, our senses, our ears, our yep. eye, everything to a yep. new level. A hundred percent. And yeah, that always stayed with me. And then you've touched on this idea, which I really like, and I would love for you to flush out a little bit here. You, I mean, I agree with you, and I have my own thoughts on it. But you had said something to the effect of. Because you, there was a phase when you were really muscular and you were really like lifting a ton of weights mm -hmm. and you've got a naturally like muscular physique and you put on muscle pretty well. And I remember you talking about this uh, in your lectures and, and hearing this and kind of coming to this realization that the more external musculature you had and the bigger your frame got, the more blood you had sort of in your periphery. And then you were talking about how as you kind of shrunk and got, you know, a little smaller, you're, you're, you're not tiny by any means. But as you let your body go down a little bit, those allocated resources have more chance and they have more opportunity to kind of work into the organ systems and to, into the more internal reaches of the yeah. body. So I would love to hear, yeah, a little bit about that. Yeah. Your thoughts on that. Um, you know, that, 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 uh, I would say that in, I'm trying to think of how to word it in, 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 the, in, the, in the most simplest way. You know, coming, like you said, from a football background, from a, uh, a, a really a bodybuilding background, you know, I was like, oh, this is what peak performance looks like. Yeah. But then what I found being a personal trainer for the last 12 years is these people have all the blood and the chi in the periphery, but they're taking protein shakes. They're not eating actual food with nutrients. Right. You know, and they're just empty inside. And I started to look at the lifespan of bodybuilders and and these, you know, Western athletes, and I was like, these people die young. Yeah, they do. You know, and I started to wonder why are most of them dying young. I look at football players in their fifties who obviously the head trauma is a big part of it, but, uh -huh. um, you know, but just in general, I was like, oh, once I started studying qigong, I was like, because the organs are deficient, and you know, I, I think about it like a car. If you're revving that engine on redline every day, like modern sports and bodybuilding or um, any kind of extreme sport, your, your, your organs are getting taxed. Your adrenals are getting taxed. 
And what our culture lacks is a yin practice, uh, a water practice to refuel our organs. Mm-hmm. And so once I stopped bodybuilding, um, you know, be, from my own aches and pains and knee injuries and doing Qigong, I felt so much more vibrant. And like right now I feel more springy and spry, like, mm-hmm. you know, in more, in more ways younger than I did when I was in, you know, what a Western would, would look at and like, oh, he's real buff and strong. But like, I didn't know how to use my body as nearly as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so I would say that the ability to turn inward and nourish our glands and our organ systems, mm-hmm. you know, our chakras are actually all pointing toward a glandular system. Yeah. All seven chakras are connected to seven glandular systems. Mm-hmm. So we learn how to unlock like the diaphragm because we've, we've been on fight or flight or post-traumatic stress disorder for 10 years. When we learn how to open up our diaphragm and learn the mechanism of breathing, but also learn some of the, the areas we need to forgive ourselves or forgive someone else. Mm-hmm. And we make that mental, emotional, and physical connection. Oh, wow, now I can I can be I'm a new person. Mm-hmm. And those glands aren't firing the same fight-or-flight chemicals anymore. Right. You know? And now my brain is releasing these new neurochemicals and allows me to see a different reality than I was previously. Um, and so that I would say, you know, like that's what this work is all about is, is going more inward, you know, nourishing the blood and the chi and the glands. Hence the phrase that's often tossed around internal systems, you know, internal martial arts, yeah. In, you know, nay, nay gong, right? Internal. I mean, that's what the word, you know, t- right. ties to internal uh, movement. And I think that's, that's the really interesting thing about this process when they have, you know, the external martial arts and the internal martial arts and the emphasis of how to essentially get movement deeper into the tissues and mm-hmm. deeper into those glands and deeper into the cells. Like how, what's the science of that actually look like? And that's, I think what this stuff mm-hmm. sort of bridges into is that external exercise is important, right? You need muscles, you need bones, but then we have <laughs> all this microvasculature and we have, how do you get into these deeper tissues? And that was, and I've told you this, I think I told this to your students when I was uh, teaching at maybe last semester or maybe the first semester, what Dr. Yang said about uh, chanting and about the... Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. He, he, he dropped this and I mean, David and I love this. <laughs> I love this idea. But when I was living with Dr. Yang Zhuang Ming back in 2013, one of the lectures he gave was about chanting and then specifically how chanting was a form of massage for the glandular system, for the endocrine system. So he had a series of tones that he would go through that would, you know, resonate the upper skull, um, a tone that would resonate the throat, the chest, the middle diaphragm area, sort of kidneys, all the way down to the pelvic floor. And it went from high notes, essentially, that you would, you know, tone with your mouth, all the way down to the low. And what he talked about was, he says, this is the same way a cat will purr to mend broken bone that's part of what they'll do to actually the the bones will mend faster when they get that vibration into them. He said the same way for people, we can't get inside and like jiggle or move glands, but vibration, the toning will actually sink into those deep tissues that we can't physically move. The, The vibration will actually get into them and actually shake them. And he said, that's why toning is so good for you. And it just goes back to this thing you're talking about, right? Like how do we, how do we get, 
stuff from the outside to go in. And it, yeah. this stuff opens up, you know, a really cool world for us to explore. I mean, in this way, that's why I think it's so amazing. And, you know, I know it's had a powerful effect on you, you know, the, the practices alone. I mean, I've watched you change <laughs> from the time I met you <laughs> until now in terms of how you digest life. Like you definitely are using what you teach. That's for damn sure. I know that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. David, what do you think, you know, with with where the world is, right? I mean, it's a, it's a crazy place, right? America's a crazy, America is a crazy place to live right now. Um, we're sort of at this threshold for people are just, people are, you know, they're really upset about a lot of different things. And, and I understand why there's a lot going on and people are more disagreed and more divided. What role do you think this kind of stuff plays in the context of that? Man, I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> I deal with, with, with that in my own heart and mind every day because I'm pretty angry at times and I get resentful and then I get sad and then I get fired up. I'm like, I am not going to divide more. I'm yeah. not going to, you know, and I, I would say that these practices help us to have a conversation with each other. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like like if, if I'm cultivating, whether it's Qigong meditation or these mindful practices, I can sit down and have a conversation with somebody who is a Trump supporter and mm-hmm. not just label them a Trump, like, like who is this human in front of me? Yeah. Can I talk to this human and can I see what what's going on in their life? You know, and like, you know, whether it's religions or politics or, uh, you know, LGBT issues, you know, there's so much to divide us. Mm-hmm. So these practices bring us back to like, oh, we're all human and we're doing the best that we can. Yeah. And when we have tools to calm our nervous system, so that instead of me getting reactive and pissed off and wanting to punch somebody, <laughs> you know, instead of that, you know, and, and there's time where I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm like, God, I'm angry right now. Help me harness this chi. What, like, like, I, I don't want to yell at my wife or my kid. I don't want to like spout something on, you know. So like, I, 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 I practice hard, and I'll do more hard qigong. Or I'm holding posters, or I want to lift some heavy weights, you know. Um, and then after that, um, you know, I'll do something that's soft and soothing like how do i have how do we have practice that that we can harness the the frustrations which is um so needed but then what our culture lacks right now is how do we have practice that soften us yeah so like how do we have practice soften us? well said man um and, and when we can soften you know and i've seen it being in the room with you know hundreds of people it's like when we do a collective breath work together very simply are, you know, there we, we, we come into um, uh, um, heart coherence is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Heart coherence, you know, and this is scientific fact now that the person who has the, um, the most calm nervous system, right, where their, their, their bioelectromagnetic field is, is much larger and expansive because they're in gratitude, because they're in love, because they're in, in a place of inspiration, yeah. Will always outweigh the person who's in fear and anger. Yep. Will always and but it's just a matter of that person who you know um, staying ground. Right. How many times do you you know I'm kind of speaking to the the listener here. Do you feel yourself getting ungrounded by somebody else's emotions? Right. It's that ability to say no. I'm going to stay grounded in my center. Yeah. And, and and allow myself to be with this person, even though they may be attacking me. Uh-huh. Like hey, okay, it's all right. Like like. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not putting up a fight here. I just want to be with you. Let's talk. 
Yes. You know, and I think that's what more people need is like, can we have tea? Can we have a conversation? Right. And you know, I look at the political scene and it's just, it's all finger pointing, blaming, name calling. I'm like, we're not going to solve anything with name calling. No. Because if you call me a name, I'm going to get mad at you. <laughs> totally, man. It drives me nuts when I see people, you know, you know yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> It does. It drives me so crazy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Same, man. I I watch. Say it again. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that. Like I've seen people, you know. I I don't love Trump, you know. But truth be told, like I really didn't like Hillary either. You know, I, I yeah. thought I thought these are my choices. These know, right? two bumblefuck people. Like I mean, yeah. They both have things they do well, but I'm like, good God, like I can't. I don't like either one of these people. And yeah. At the same time, I have friends who are Trump supporters. I have friends who are, you know, more more democratic and and whatever. And I'm always blown away how people will default to, you know, calling a Trump supporter just you're a racist. I'm like, actually, I know this person well. I know they're not. They happen to just really agree on this one thing that he does. So therefore, yeah. they that's important to them. So they voted for him, you know. And they, and it's but that reasonability, right? That ability you're talking about to be soft, to soften the position, right? To to pivot and not just lead with the sword every single time because that's what it is nowadays. It's like everyone's looking to sever. Like you said, divide, conquer. It's just like, let's just tear everybody apart, you know? And um, that's problematic for a bunch of different reasons. And the other thing I want to say that I really liked what you said and the invitation I give to my clients, you know, you're talking about how can we do these practices to have a conversation, right? To soften our emotional terrain. And, this is the invitation I give to people when they're going to work with me or if I'm going to guide them through anything that, that relates to what I do. I always say, look, emotions are immaterial. Like, where are your emotions, first of all? Mm-hmm. Tell me. And they're like, well, they're in here. I'm like, well, where's here? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. inside yeah. the flesh suit? I mean, do, do emotions stop right at the membrane of the skin? Mm-hmm. It's a reasonable question to ask. And, you know, people usually get kind of stumped with that. They're like, well, they're just... I just feel them. I'm like, exactly. Like you do feel them, right? But they're immaterial. They don't have any weight. You can't put them in a box. There's no way to get an emotion out and hold it physically. And yet yeah. we live our entire lives from how we're feeling, what we're yeah. thinking. Those things are paramount in terms of how the human species goes forward. Just in terms of feeling this thing that we cannot measure or isolate or touch and so the invitation I give to them, I say, what if I were to tell you that some of these traditions teach you how to play with that immaterial energy, like mm-hmm. teach you how to augment it, how to change its shape a little bit, even though it has no shape. But that's the thing I think that sometimes gets people to, oh, like this immaterial thing that we can all agree on, we live our life from. If there's some ways or techniques or, uh, you know, some methodologies that could improve that immaterial terrain of life why not explore it or at least give it a shot you know like what's the harm what's the harm in like dabbling with some of this stuff just to see if it has effect for you you know that's why people go to psychologists that's why why people talk about their problems right they got they have to like yeah they got to move that immaterial energy right they got to just move emotions and i'm like yeah we're all saying the same shit (laughs) can we please get on the same page for a little while (laughs) i know right you know, as, as you're speaking, two things that are dropping, and um, one, uh, a teacher that mentioned, you know, um, emotion is energy in motion. Yeah. Emotion. Yeah. And then another that occurred, and it's actually in this Taoist Nagong book, which you know means inner skill, um, but essentially it's a Qigong book. 
you know, but mm-hmm. he just goes into a little more depth. Yep. And um, what I love is he, he, he talks about the emotional body being the interface between the spirit body and the physical body. Mm. You know, so it's like if we're listening to the call of our souls, I can be rised up with inspiration and love and gratitude. And my body gets filled with that chi. Right. You know, and my physicality, you know, but I can also think of something that's frustrating me and I can immediately turn into a bad mood. Yeah. And then my physical body is slumped over, you know, so each organ system has a corresponding energetic pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, so like right now is the season of the lungs, which is the fall. So the lungs have a downward and inward yeah. movement. So too sad, we kind of slump our shoulders. We're kind of, we don't have a lot of courage or self-honor. We just kind of, you know, so we begin to read these patterns in our own body and we begin to read these patterns within, uh, you know, our, our family or our, our students or whatever. And we, we have a new relationship with life. Mm-hmm. And so that body or emotional body is an interface between the, oh. the kind of scene and the scene in the physical realm. I like that. I would say that's accurate to me. I would, in, in my experience, that's very accurate. Yeah. That there's, mm-hmm. there's definitely something there. Well, David, in closing this larger mm-hmm. conversation that we've had, I always ask my guests at the end, if you have an invitation for the listeners, if there was people that are maybe devout, you know, Qigong people that are coming to this and people that are completely new to this scene, like what is your invitation to people in exploring this terrain? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. God, my invitation, you know, well, first and easy is like I've got a number of free um, material on Noble Movement YouTube. Yeah. You know, so do the, the Tumo breath work is so simple, so profound. Like, you know, if, if whether you're new or advanced, like like yeah. mastering breath work will definitely up level your ability to handle your emotions and, and, and find your center you know, even five to 10 minutes a day, you know, mm-hmm. and I know you, you're a dad and you're building a business, you know, so I'm like, sometimes I don't have even 30 minutes to do a movement practice. Yeah. Just, I just don't. Same. Yeah. And I definitely get, you know, I definitely get in a few days a week of movement, but like to have those 10 minute practices where I can, you know, stretch my body, do some breath work is just key in, in, in the human tool bag of life, you know? Yeah. Um, and those of you who want to dive deeper, you know, I've got a couple programs. One is called the Immortal Form, which is an eight-week deep dive, um, going over the Chinese five elements um, and the emotions. You know, the the, the virtues, the, and as well as the shadows, the parts of ourselves where we get stuck. Um, and and those are those are kind of the first two. And really, what I'm really stoked about, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in two weeks. I'm launching an eight-week spiritual warriorship um, initiation, essentially, and and taking. What I would say is just the best of the best that I've done and what I want to share with people um, from the different teachers and books and, and practices that help really connect our primal nature and our divine nature. You know, yeah. it's like like that path of, of, of honor and love and integrity um, that uh, if, if you know, listening to this, you, you're, you're here on this planet for a reason. You know, um, then, you know, like this, this eight week is like the crash course, yeah. you know, let's get in your body. Let's move some energy and emotion and give you practices like we've been talking about to, to unwind patterns and open your mind. So those are the, uh, a few ways to start to, to plug into the, to the work, I would say. Beautiful, man. Thank you for that. 
And if people want to follow you on social media, they want to track you on you know, Instagram or whatever it is that you do, where, what are the best places to find uh, your platform and your you know, social media scene? Yeah, the, um, the Instagram is also Noble Movement um, and my YouTube is Noble Movement. My Facebook right now, uh, my personal profile is uh, uh, Facebook slash like Baudry.Dave. Mm-hmm. Dave. Um, you know, um, and uh, I run a cool seven, a free seven day Tumo challenge through Facebook Messenger. So that's actually the coolest way. If you want to have a sick ass one week experience, friend me on Facebook or join the Noble Movement Facebook group um, page, rather. It's the Noble Movement Facebook page. <laughs> There's yeah. so many platforms that I know. <laughs> um, and, and then you'll get practices each day. Um, you know, you fill out five minutes of, who, of kind of who you are and why you want to do it. And um, that way we know you're committed Jedi and not just some slacker. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> <You> enough. <know? laughs> yeah. Um, Fair so enough, thanks. man. It's a lot of fun. And definitely want to keep these conversations uh, with you going, man. There's so much to unpack. There is. And you, I've said this before, you know, the people that I have on, most of them are repeat guests because the topics that we're touching on, if you, people listening, what David and I are talking about is just the tip of the iceberg of the things that we're into in the context of this stuff. There's so David and I could geek out for days on variations of these themes. So I'm sure at some point, man, we'll have you back on, but I want to thank you for your time and just for the, the work that you're doing. I really appreciate it. And I know you're passionate about it. And I think having people in this field that have a lot of heart and passion and that are emotionally intelligent matters, you know, and you're definitely one of them. So thanks, man. Thanks, bro. Well, you too, man. Thanks for bringing me on. Yeah. So to get you more, bro. And, uh, Shasta's in a few weeks, man. I know I'll be there. I'll be teaching. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Love you. All right, man. Love you too. So much, bro. Have a good day. All right, man. You too. Take care. Okay. Peace. Bye.